Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hudge, and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, and boy is he looking good today. He's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly. How are you, friend? Oi, oi, sa, You alright, Matty boy? You good, uh, mate? What's, yeah, what's man, the crack, it's hot, man. It's hot today, man. It's been hot. So we're both sitting here in black t-shirts because, you know, absorbing all of that heat. But uh, I'm good, my friend. I've had a I've had a busy week last week, just catching up on life admin, catching up on films. Um, I had a lovely weekend with the family. Uh, my daughter, she turned six this weekend, which makes me wow. feel much older. So uh, that was lovely to, it's always lovely to see her, but lovely to celebrate that with her and with the family. Uh, shout out to Gav for sending such a wonderful video for Olivia. And shout out to Mama Hudson for some fabulous cheesecakes and desserts. Uh, oh, classic. I've heard, I've, I've heard about these uh, these baking mm. activities mm. from Mama Hudson. So. These, were, uh, these were superb. So, uh, no, really, really nice weekend, mate. And um, currently watching a bit of footy as well at the minute, seeing what's oh. going on with the Premier League title. But that aside, that, that's not important in terms of galactic politics and history. What is, is how are you, my friend? How's your week? How's your weekend? Well, how are you? It just sounds like I need a taste of your mum's flapjack, to be honest, mate. So <laughs> <Wow>. that's, what, <laughs> I, I, that's what I think. It sounds like I'm missing out on stuff. You're always going on about Arely's cooking. Arely's. You've, you've, had, you've had her brownies. You've had oh. her uh, like jerk chicken jerk and that. Chicken. So what, you know, maybe it needs to be the other way around now, mate. So... It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Star Wars sessions. It wouldn't be Star Wars sessions about food talk, would it? But we, no, Matty boy, I I think I was saying to you just before the podcast, I was like, mate, I cannot believe next week is Obi Wan Kenobi. Mate, there's been so many drops in the last in the in the since the last episode, with there's been so much information dribbling dribbling out of Lucasfilm about. Obi Wan Kenobi. Whether it's the, pr- the press tour is going full ham, there's been uh, magazine articles, there's been new photos, new videos, you know, new sound clips. Every it's ramping up. They are pushing this. They said it was their big event. I'm starting to feel like it is because you know the other shows have had you know smaller press tours. They've had interviews leading up to it. This feels like a cinematic ex- ex- experience. So true. The press tour. But we were told that. We were told yeah. by our guy, by our guy involved in Disney slash Lucasfilm, who said, yeah, they are going to treat this like a film. You know, like Book of Boba Fett, ha- Book of Boba Fett had some little promo things, but not like Kenobi. No. Not like Kenobi, man. This is, this is getting out of hand. Uh, how, how painful was it, Matty Boy, to know that last week Ewan McGregor Hayden Christensen, Moses right. Ingrams were like down the road from us. Oh, <laughs> so close. Mate, I got up and but, slapped the bloke in front of me at work because they're literally 20 minutes down the line at the embankment. Um, that's like 20, literally 20 minutes from where I work, uh, give or take. Um, 
I couldn't believe it. We were so close and mate, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this on another show somewhere or, or a Patreon show, but Hayden's loving it. And he, the drip on that man, the sauce yeah. on that man, just, he's loving life at the minute. That's Unreal. so good to see. It's wonderful um, to see Moses Ingram. She looks w- yeah. superb. Ewan mm. is great. Hayden is, he's loving it, man. It's great to see, mate. It's great to see. This is it, guys. This is Star Wars season. We're back. We are back. If you're a Star Wars fan, now is the time to get hyped. And talking of Star Wars and getting hyped, Matty Boy Hudson was off his face with being hyped at (laughs) the Star Wars uh, day over in Nerd Base here in Essex. And Matty Boy was a busy little boy recording a load of stuff there, weren't you, mate? And that's that's dropped. That's now on the podcast feed. You should see that. So mate. that was great. Well done for doing that, Geezer. And I, once again, I'm sorry I wasn't there, but I was jet-lagged and I had loads of things to do because I just got back from holiday. So, yeah, get off my back, yeah? Your your presence was felt there by everyone. It was like you were there with us. But no, yeah, the Star Wars Sessions extra episode, I've dropped it like it's hot because it is hot. Um, and all of the interviews on there, Mike Quinn, Trevor Butterfield, Kenny Lee, my dad, uh, there's so many on there. It's a good, it's a good fun <laughs> episode. So go check that out. And, um, again, shout out to the, uh, lads at Nerdbase who put on an incredible, um, experience one more time event again, same again mm. next year. Apparently they're going to go bigger and better next year. So wow. that's exciting. So check that out. And also in the next few days, I'm going to be dropping a spoiler review for the new novel, canon novel, Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen. I've I've read it now, and I'm going to be dropping a, a short spoiler review. If anyone's heard the book reviews, they're between 7 to 12 minutes long, but there will be spoilers because I think there's some cool things in there to talk about. Mm. Um, and, it's, and, it, and it does what a canon novel should do. Okay, all, right. So I was, gonna, I was going to ask, like surface level, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up? Thumbs down? Somewhere in it, between? I, I give it a thumbs up because oh, well, first, okay. it, it's, it's really well written, actually. But it it does what the novel should do. And this is kind of the point I've been trying to labour, but never realised how to say it. But the book should be there, really, yeah, to satiate the films, to add a sprinkling in the film. So if something happens in the films, if you want to know about it, hey, look, there's a novel which kind of, which digs into it, but also develops those characters a little bit more. This is what yeah. this book does. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. It doesn't change canon. It, it, there's no massive shattering revelations in it because I think we know we're never really, really going to get those in books. And that's not, not what they're there for. They're there to function as um, the, the sandwich filling. And I'm happy for that. And this is what this book does so well. And I'll, but listen, but on, in that review, I'll go into a little bit more, but no, I, I enjoyed Star Wars Brotherhood. I would recommend if you guys are into Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars or Star Wars or Kenobi or Anakin or other people who appear in Attack of the Clones, I will say, Check it out. Well worth it. Which it was, by the way, the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones this week, which has been really nice. Yeah. It's been beautiful. A lot of love. This week? Yeah, this week. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. It was not too long ago, I shall say, from when we were yeah. recording. <laughs> I, think, but, um, I think it might. I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go off on one here. I think it was either the 15th or 16th of May. 16th that was the anniversary. And so, and so it was really, really nice seeing just the love for Attack, Attack of the Clones. And for, I don't know, just seeing all these stills of it, the videos for it. It's like, no, there is, there is a lot to love in that film. There is loads to love in that film. And talking of loads to love, there is going to be a lot to love at the Screen Signers event in South End on Sea uh, on the 29th of May. 
2022 our boy Ross Sandbridge, who is the body of Snoke and a Wookiee, among other things. Among He's other organizing things. the event a few uh, along with a few pals, and uh, that looks pretty cool. So if you can't make it to Star Wars Celebration, there's going to be loads of Star Wars filth there. Uh, so if you want to come to Essex, you know, well, this you? might be a good opportunity for you, mate. So yeah. there we go. I'll- there's I'm going to turn up. I'll be there for I'll be there for a, for a couple of hours, an hour or two, and then I'm going to go and get the donuts on the south by the south end pier in the seaside. So I've got yeah, my afternoon it. already worked out. But um, uh, speaking of which, shout out to uh, the dude from Eurovision who was from Alden Essex representing the UK. Oi, so, Sam well Ryder, done, Sam Ryder, what a lad, what a lad, what a Essex lad. Show in Europe, how to do it. It's it's a bit of a banger as well. It's a bit of a banger. You know, <laughs> Space it, man. man. Well, Kenobi's coming out. I mean. Come on, oh, mate. What a link. Yeah, boy. Come on, mate. Come, Come on. on mate. We love it. You love it. The kids love it. Well, <laughs> the, the news is Lucas dropped a banging pun. However, that isn't the only news we've got this week because I can hear <laughs> the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, which you and I, we know only means one thing, my man. It must mean, mate, boy. It must mean it's Galactic News uh, Round. Uh. <laughs> The June edition of Vanity Fair offers fans their first looks at upcoming Star Wars streaming series, as well as exclusive photography by Annie Leibovitz and a detailed article from Anthony Bresnikan. Described as a galactic version of classic ambling coming-of-age adventure, Lucasfilm have confirmed that the as-yet-untitled Grammar Rodeo series will be set post-Return of the Jedi. According to Video Game Insider, Jeff Grubb, the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order will be titled Jedi Survivor and is set to release in February or March 2023. And whilst on the Obi-Wan Kenobi press tour, Hayden Christensen has said the renewed love for the prequel trilogy is heartwarming. Hey, this is Kenny Lee, first little stormtrooper and squad leader mud trooper in the movies for Star Wars, and you're listening to the Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Star Wars Celebration is a few weeks away, and today we are going to be celebrating Star Wars. It's now 45 years and counting, pretty much to the day, almost, if you're listening on release date, of course. It's almost 45 years since Star Wars was released on uh, May the 25th, 1977. Um, So we're going to celebrate that, but we're going to be doing it by looking at Star Wars through the decades. So we're going to go through the 70s up until now, the 2020s, and have a look at where the franchise was in those decades. You know, the kind of highs and lows and uh, the major kind of the major moving points throughout. And uh, Lukey boy. We've got, we know we've got Kenobi coming up, which is going to be one of the highlights of this year. But isn't it always fun to go to go back and look at uh, what's been before and celebrate good times? Of course, mate. Of course, we are really we're putting the celebration into Star Wars before the Star Wars Celebration Convention. That's <laughs> what we're doing. You know, it's realizing the 1970s, mate, boy. The 1970s was such a different era, such a different time, and 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 since then. 
so much has happened and yet star wars has been with us since the 70s and that's kind of hard to believe for 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 me and for so many people even people that were there you know so i can't wait to dig into this mate i really i'm really excited just to do to look at each decade on what happens and hopefully there'll be you know just a few like surprises or maybe just easter eggs or it's maybe things you've just not thought about in a while you know and that's that's what i'm looking forward to mate no i hear that mate and to uh see us along our way we're going to be having a little uh musical mystery tour a little adventure along as well so we'll have the music of the decades seeing us through so let's start my man let's all go all the way back to the 1970s basically i you know my main interest in school and ever since has been cultural anthropology and uh, sociology and those uh, related social fields and and so my take on art is is more culturally oriented Can you tell us a little about what the story is about? Well, uh, the story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. We have uh, a fairy princess. Uh, We have an innocent farm boy who yearns for adventure. Alec Guinness is a wise old wizard who teaches me a mystical force, somewhat like Merlin would teach a young King Arthur. Harrison Ford plays Han Solo, a cynical space pirate that we hire to uh, to transport us through the galaxy. Mate, the beginning. Star Wars itself was being spoken about from, what was it, 1973, 1974, really? George Lucas was yep. presenting to uh, studios and Alan Ladd Jr. was the one who took the punt. But this is where it all began, isn't it, mate? Obviously, the 70s, Star Wars was unleashed to the world. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's probably worth noting that at the time, um, I think George and a lot of um, creatives thought that there wasn't much hope and light for children. There mm-hmm. wasn't like fairy, t- fairy tales weren't being told anymore. And so I think it was it maybe Francis Ford Coppola or was it one of uh, George's friends said, why don't you try and make like a kid's film? You know, why don't you try and do that? And George was like, oh, I'm in an R and about it. And he, anyway, he ended up making Star Wars. He, he, he always had this idea of this fantasy. And that's what it was. Star Wars is this fairy tale, this mythology. And it hangs a lot on all sorts of mythology, which is very, very George Lucas. Very George Lucas. And, mate, it's the whole reason why, you know, we're doing a podcast right now. It's the whole reason why we know each other. You know, yeah. that's so cool, especially when we think of like this celebration kind of season, you know, next week, all these people are going to meet each other for the first time. They're going to have a good oh. time together. All of that is because of an idea this guy had in in his head for a story, yeah. which is superb when you think about it. It's superb. Wait, the phenomenon. It was the 70s. It was a time for change, you know. It was a time for this kind of thing. It, yeah. it was a time for change culturally uh, across the world, but also in film as well. Cinematic, the golden age of Hollywood was over. We've been there, uh, you know, Hollywood was going through this kind of new, rougher, raw um, 
edge with the films that were coming out, the the up and coming film star filmmakers like George Lucas, like De Palma, Billy Freakin, Coppola were creating these hard edge sort of um, subversive films, which Hollywood wasn't used to. Uh, and then along comes George, like you say, with this kind of space fairy tale, which is aimed at kids. But the beauty of it, it was it, it was accessible for everyone, which it still remains to this day. But yeah, I mean, it, you're, what you're saying is correct. 1977, if this comes out, imagine if this was a bust. If this is a bust, mm. we don't know. We don't know each other. We don't have anything to look forward to in the ne- next week. Um, but they had they had planned for it being a bust. They had Alan Dean Foster write Splinter of the Mind's Eye which was the the novel, which was if Star Wars was a bust, they wrote that book so they could adapt it and be like, be a really sort of cheap sequel. And I'm so glad they didn't because it's a bit cack, but, um, but Minban's mentioned in it, which is cool. Um, mm. But yeah, the phenomenon began. It, it changed cinema. It changed pop culture. It changed even the way kind of merchandising and licensing was handled. So you think of the, the Kenner and the Palatoy deals that came from this yes. contractual deals that people was yep. like, you don't have to pay us that much, but we'll take a cut of the merch. Oh yeah, fine. You do that. And you know, see how much that's changed. Uh, negotiation, the, the, the negotiations of Hollywood as well. So mate, I, I mean, obviously it goes without saying that this is the beginning. Everything starts here. It's, it's like, it's like zero, you know, zero BBY, zero before yeah. Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, this is B- it, mate. The phenomenon begins. BBSW. <laughs> B- B- I don't know why I couldn't get that acronym down. Do, but. do you know what? Like, when you think about it, like, if you were to try to explain Star Wars, especially back in the 70s, to someone who hadn't, hadn't seen Star Wars, yep. it does sound mental. It sounds, it sounds weird, like it? you're absolutely off your rocker. And when you, when you look at the films that came after in the 1980s, um, especially like what we mentioned in the news round, like Amblin stuff or yes. Labyrinth, you know, all of these films, they're, they're, it's all because of Star Wars. Like Star Wars popularized this, you know, so many people fell in love with this film in 1977 and 78 and the years to come as well. But so many people fell in love with it and made kind of being a geek accessible for so many people, Mm -hmm. so many people, aunts, uncles, mums, dads, granddads, nans, kids, you know, office workers, lawyers, binmen, everyone, everyone. And it really does have that effect. It is that franchise that stood the test of time. It has, yep. you know, and that's amazing. There's the, the question that people get asked a lot in life. I've seen it many times is if you could go back in time, when would you go back to? There's many, there's many moments in time I'd love to go back to uh, sample or revisit. One of them, though, if I had like 10 opportunities, one of them would be I'd love to go to open a night, the El Capitan, and watch Star Wars for the first time in the first ever screening with an audience Imagine. and just soak up that Imagine. atmosphere and be there. Because remember, as, as you, you know, we don't need educated and neither do the listeners, but there's no phones, uh, mobile, cellular phones. There's no social media. It's mm. word of mouth, newspapers, and it's the radio reviews. That's all it took. And this film became, this one film became a phenomenon just based on that. And I'd love to kind of feel what that kind of pure organic uh, growth was like back then the kind of in, in, in this more innocent age mate i would have loved to have seen that and the first film we had maybe 20 colors to paint with and this time we've had 40 colors to paint with. 
Well, that doesn't mean it's going to be a better painting. Special effects are just a tool, a means of telling a story. People have a tendency to confuse them as an end to themselves. Uh, a special effect without a story is a pretty boring thing. We begin the second one with yet another conflict with the Empire. But the story is really not so much about those conflicts in the second one as it is about the characters. There's more complication of the characters in the second film. In 1976, I signed a contract for three films, and those three films would tell the complete story. So what we have in The Empire Strikes Back is a second act, and all the problems in the second act, that is, you can forward the storyline, but you really can't solve all of the loose ends, so to speak. The 1980s, mate. Everyone loved the 1980s, right? Right. I mean, I did. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But really, this is where Star Wars is a powerhouse. Star Wars is a powerhouse. Star Wars is popular culture. I mean, even when we've got series now, like Stranger Things, that are based and set during the 1980s and even in the first season you're hearing so many star wars references from the kids you know oh he's a lando corizian mm-hmm. you know like you see r2 yeah. droids you see yoda mentioned you hear luke skywalker vader it's so intrinsic to like the dna of that era yeah you know and by 1980 of course empire strikes back comes out mixed reviews but generally it, it it's Again, it's a home run, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. Return of the Jedi, 1983, it smashes it again. And it really solidifies our pop culture franchise as exactly that. Because really, but, but before Star Wars, there weren't a lot of them. There weren't no. a lot of them. I mean, you maybe you, you've had the likes of James Bond, 007, kind of a big deal. Right. Yeah, their ongoing movie series, uh, but they weren't ever really connected as such. They were very loosely connected. The Bond films right. were, bec- or mainly because obviously the Bonds would change. Then it would be Connery and Roger Moore. But the stories were kind of, you know, they wouldn't really bounce off each other that much. Certainly not to the level of connectivity you see right. it nowadays or since. But, um, but yeah, whether or not George really planned for this to be a franchise, you know, it they became one in the eighties. They weren't connected cinematic universes, which we're mm. so accustomed to hearing nowadays, especially with the comic book stuff, DC, Marvel, even you know Netflix, Amazon, they've got their own stuff. All of this comes from Star Wars. The feasibility of having this kind of thing, this kind of multimedia, huge project, Star Wars. Star Wars did it. And the 1980s proved that. The 1980s proved that. And the toys that came along with it, the sure. merch that came. And again, that's very 80s. It's very of the era. It's seen as like the era for capitalism, you know. Oh. And oh, yeah. with that, you know, came a lot of stuff. And we mean, you know, physical stuff, toys, merch, T-shirts, records everything lunch boxes everything you can imagine it was there and star wars man well this is it mate it's yeah at the time this was the first ending it was the end of star wars you you had 
uh, New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. There's there's your trilogy. You've got a, a start, middle, and an end. This is it. You know, this is where the fun ends. They're there, so they've got. So the toys have come out. So the the kiddly winks of the time had to then kind of use these Kenner and Pala toys to create the next stories. What happened after Return of the Jedi or during it or before? It was these like insane volume of toys that dropped. And you're right. I remember being a kid in the late eighties and having you know it, uh, the toys of the day were. You know, it was like going back, going to the toy shops. I vaguely, vaguely remember. It was a bit, a few years later, I remember more. But I remember playing with Turtles and Ghostbusters toys, man. Because it was a different time. And start, and even and even before I was playing with them, you know, the, the kids had an, had access to so many Star Wars toys. Uh, you know, George has always said, oh, I'm mm. going to make 12 films or whatever. But, you know, he had three films in the, in the 80s. Yeah. And then that was it. I mean, that would. I'd love to hear again from people who were there in '83. What did they? What, what were they feeling when Return of the Jedi finishes, the credits hit, and well, that's it. You know, this, these films are done now. Yeah, we've got the toys, we've got the lunchboxes, and we've got the memories, and yes, we've got the Ewok films to come as well. Uh, we didn't mention the holiday special, thankfully, but we've got the Ewok films to kind of tide you over. But that was kind of it, though, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't like it is now. In hindsight, three films and done. Well, that's it. And, and also, you know, the, the kind of video at home experience was, was, was kind of starting to pick up. You know, it's, again, it's not like today and it's not even like the nineties or two thousands. You know, it's, it was a completely different era. Yeah. And I think there was that once Return of the Jedi was done, that was it. That was it. Let's see what happens. And I think by that time, George took a break. Yeah. Uh, there was things like the Ewok cartoons. <laughs> there were the Ewok films. Classic. <laughs> the, there were, there there were, were video other... games, arcade games to play as well. But That's true. You know, but longevity again, used to be different for those. It was different. It was different. You know, these the, they didn't quite have the love, TLC, and really attention that the films had. And, and you understand why? Because the, the production processes were completely different. They were completely different. And they did require a lot of energy, time, and love from people. And maybe those people just didn't quite have that time anymore. You know, they needed to move on. They needed to move on. And also, pop culture had a lot of other things going for it. You know, by 1984 onward, you had the birth of other huge franchises. I, again, you know all about this, mate. You're the film guy. The 80s was, was, was a huge decade for pop culture, massive decade for pop culture and film. And again, it has a flavor. And now I'll, I'll mention it again since we're talking about it, but like Stranger Things, like you've got two guys who weren't even there in the 80s making film a, a series about that decade because it has, an, it has a distinct flavor a distinct vernacular, a distinct style. And I, I think it comes across beautifully on film. There's a lot of nostalgia there too, though, right? There's Mate, a lot of nostalgia there too. But The 80s evokes a lot of nostalgia for many people, like Stranger Things, even things like your synth wave and retro wave and that kind of stuff, which is there to evoke nostalgia yeah. for things which may never have been there in the first place. But I mean, I listen to synth wave. I like it and it makes me think, oh man, I feel like I'm driving my... I don't know, my old Ferrari down down the Miami Street with the palm you're, trees. You're DeLorean. You're yeah, DeLorean. No, my DeLorean. My DeLorean. I've never done that in my life, but it makes me feel like I can do. But um, yeah, it was 
Yes, they had to find things to tie themselves over. We had the arcade games, the toys, the radio dramas, let's not forget. But in the 80s, yeah, you're coming up against a, a new wave of classic films well which are now lauded as classic films which are singular but also these new franchises so transformers and things like that as well yeah the cartoons they were coming out and they were because they were challenging for kids attention and for parents wallets as well so that was just one of them there's so many things coming out to challenge and there was no star wars after 83 you know really to impact pop culture and even in lucasfilm even in lucasfilm you had Indiana Jones, Willow, you oh, know, mate. you had these other projects that were being, and again, I mentioned it early, earlier, Labyrinth, you had all these things that either George Lucas or Lucasfilm were involved in. And so there was a lot of attention going into other things. And by the end of the 1980s, it seemed like that was it. It seemed like, yeah, the, the, this Star Wars thing is, when's that prequel trilogy going to happen? Where are the 12 episodes and so came a, a, a period called the Dark Times. Will it be a continuation the, the way uh, of the kind of films we've seen already? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much in the same. You know, it's designed to fit in one big package, so it, it definitely is not going to be completely different. Uh, it does take place earlier than the, the ones that you've seen. You may recall that the opening title of the original Star Wars film labeled it Episode 4, A New Hope. What Lucas has on the drawing boards is chapters 1, 2, and 3. The characters are younger, but much, much younger. It takes place about, uh, well, the, the first one which will come out is, is literally, uh, you know, about 40 years earlier than the one that was the original Star Wars. So it's quite a ways back. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, there's some very interesting things about it. There's a lot of things happening. It's much more uh, about uh, betrayal and, and those kinds of issues. Before the Empire. Oh, mate, the, the, the dark times. Uh, let's go into the 90s then on that note. Yeah, here we go. Um, it's, I've kind of labeled this as the Star Wars sandwich. Because, mm. you know, in the, the 90s was a pivotal moment in fa- for, for Star Wars. The 90s, for me, is other than 77, the 90s is the shatter point. It's a big moment for Star Wars now for for three reasons, the big reasons. One, the Heir to the Emperor Empire trilogy, sorry, from Timothy Zahn, in, released on May the 1st, 1991. The first story set post-Return of the Jedi. So fans now had something, quote-unquote, official to... To, to, to tide their imaginations over you know those three books came out uh, in the middle you've got the special editions george tinkering with his classic films but they're re-released in cinemas and then of course at the end of the decade mm. we have the phantom menace comes out so this is a pivotal moment for many reasons and it also for me the discourse starts in the 90s with the book books that came out i think there's a lot of people now and i'm not going to judge anyone for this who you know, that is for them, that was their re reawakening into Star Wars and anything that's come out since can never, will never compare to the age of the heir to the empire trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy, sorry. Um, and the books that came after that, that became known as legends means so much to so many people. Uh, And for the longest time in the dark times, they, those in the comics were all that these fans had. And, you know, I, I dig that. That's great. I'm not a huge fan to be fair of the Thrawn trilogy, but, but then we got the special editions, which, 
you know, we've done, we've spoken about the special editions and how they divided fans because of some of the changes that were made. And then, of course, mate, The Phantom Menace, the biggest hype for any film of all time. I'm saying it again. And it came out. And it wasn't quite the film that a lot of people wanted. So the 90s is a huge, huge decade for Star Wars. But when you kind of look back at it now, it's, it is, well, it's like it is now. It's turbulent, it's tumultuous. You know, what, what are we thinking about the 90s? Cause of course it kickstarted the prequels and we got the EU began, coming from it. But, you know, at the same time, people kind of look back and think, ah, man, there wasn't, to some people, not a lot of good came out of the 90s. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's pros and cons. There's swings and roundabouts like every era. It's worth bearing in mind that the internet is taking off, which changes a few things, right, as well. So I I think a lot of people from their experiences, they would load, they would download the Phantom Menace trailer, which launched online. It took a while Um, to download. And it it would take hours, like maybe best part of the day to download. You know, (laughs) if you lived in the countryside, you know, it it ain't happening. That ain't wow. happening. You need to be living in, a, in, in near or in a city to get good internet to do that kind of thing. And even for toys, Matty Boy, for toys, it was it was a funny era. Um, after you know, heir to the empire, and after kind of this little you know glimmer of hope in Star Wars, they they still saw there was there was there was a a, a taste for it, mm-hmm. a demand for it. Licenses went mental. <laughs> and in between 93 and 94 we got um like the bendems right and the success of those made kenner look at themselves and go man we need some more toys we need some yep. more toys and in 1995 we got them we got them them the power of the force figures. yeah i knew it <laughs> and they're here the orange backs the orange backs um yeah bro man are beautiful absolutely beautiful and again this and and it's weird that like now i'm starting to remember stuff i'm like oh no i remember a lot of this stuff i remember the power of the force because there were waves you know these things take years they take years you know these are part of business strategies for a while um magazines were really popular in the 90s right do you remember even in in pop culture in general the 90s and uh, like the early 2000s really popular there was a Star Wars magazine and people would see, you know, news from that. You know, there'd be lit, tiny, small sentences from like George Lucas. Oh. News on the prequels. News on episode one. Blah, 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 blah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, let's not forget. Again, you mentioned it last decade, but video games as well. Shadow of the Empire. Shadows right. of the Empire. Right. We, I mean, we, we need to do a whole episode just on that, you know, just on that. Because this multi- this multimedia project of video game, comics, books, all interconnected. Star Wars described it as a, the Star Wars event, the, the, the Star Wars event, but it was just missing the film. Yeah. It, had every, it had everything. had everything. Everything was interconnected. Again, really, Matty Boy, ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. Completely ahead of its time. No, no, it was. Hmm. And it's it, it's been said that the the popularity of the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy, which sold well over 15 million copies, something silly like that, pot- potentially could have kick-started Lucas into thinking, yeah, do you know what? Let's 
maybe maybe these prequels aren't a bad idea. There is a thirst into doing that. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I can't imagine it, it hurt the prospects at all because, you know, between 83 and 99, there wasn't much else going on. Like, if it wasn't for the Thrawn trilogy, you may not have got those video games. We may not have got the special editions, whether people like them or not, they're here to stay. Um, but, that, but, I mean, th- those in themselves were a huge deal because the films are back in cinemas now. Before that, like you said, it was you, you had to watch it on a, a NAFO VHS or whenever it came on television or a Betamax or Laserdisc, but now they were back in cinema, how George wanted them to be. So we also got for the first time really George saying, those films I made, they, they weren't really how I wanted to make them. So it was it, they were, he was re-releasing his films, but they were different films at the very heart of, of them, which is you, hugely interesting for somebody to take th- films that are as revered as those and say, yeah, no, I'm just going to do what I want with them. They're my films. I'm going to tinker with them. I'm going to add things. If you don't like them, that's fine because I'm going to do them anyway. Yeah. And it's actually going to serve as a precursor to what I'm going to do in the next three films, the prequel films. Um, it's such an interesting decade because yeah, it kickstarted off with books and comics and the video games. Then we got the Malign special editions. I can't remember the reaction at the time, but I have got them over mm. there on video VHS. And then, of course, the like, fever pitch hype for the Phantom Menace. We we did our episode on that, the lead up to the Phantom Menace, which is which is a fantastic episode. If I do say so myself, we'll be we covered that more so. But what Mad. a you know what a unbelievable time! And that film, nineteen ninety nine, is lauded as possibly the greatest year in film history for the films that came out, the technology that was uh, that came about from those films. But it's a, such a funny year because for some people now, it ends on a high with The Phantom Menace. And for me, it did as well. I've got so many memories attached to that. But before that, I mean, if you weren't interested in the books and the comics and the games, you had a long wait from 83 to 1997 when the special editions were released, man. And it's so, it's so strange how different the culture was back then and yet so similar in some ways. You know, yeah. like you said, when you, when you think of the reaction to Phantom Menace, you know, how that was divisive for so many people. It's like, yeah, it's not really changed. <laughs> but what has changed is maybe yeah. the tools people use to amplify their thoughts mm. and find communities, find people of similar opinions. And that is the, the reality that we live in today. You know, but it's also, that's a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. And, you know, that's the reason, again, why we're friends. It's the reason why we have an awesome community of diverse opinion and diverse people. And yeah, yeah. that's a cool thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. And, mate, I, I'm, I'm just grateful to, to be able to look back at this era because, I don't know, man, waiting all this time between projects mm-hmm. – yeah, it, it sounds tough. We're so flipping spoiled, mate. We are <laughs> mate, so we are. spoiled. And people are on YouTube like, get out of the Obi-Wan trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't like it's this like, character. Just get on with it. Oh, my word. They have no clue, do they? Or, the or it, yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's, it's, it's either that they have no clue or they've forgotten. They have forgotten what it was like. You know, maybe a bit of both, probably a we, bit of both. So. We live in entitled times, and I'm sure you and I are guilty of that at times as well. We live in times now where we're used to, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like a fast food era where everything is just there on demand or, and, you know, they're, they're feeding us well. The 90s, to be fair, we, as Star Wars fans, if you're willing to get stuck in, you were being fed well because we just mentioned books video games, comics, new lines of toys, special editions, and a prequel trilogy. If the 1980s was was kind of the end, 
by by the time we got to 1999, that felt like a new beginning. In episode one of Phantom Menace, we've laid down the whole groundwork for six movies. We had to set up all the, the what the Jedi Order was like, what the Senate was like. You know, there was a lot of things that were talked about in the in the original three films right. that we had to go back and kind of set up. So that that being said, and that having been done, we really um kick off in the second one you know i think uh, it's mu- it feels much more reminiscent to me uh, like the original three right. like um uh, empire strikes back or something like that and, and it's great what's happening in this scene we're going to see now do you know what the scene is is this the f- here we are this is oh, oh good that'll tell you a lot yeah yeah, yeah this is this is the scene where i um open that door yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I think this is a fight. I think I have a big fight in the rain with them. Um, in the original three, uh, Boba Fett is a kid in this film, so I have a fight with his father. And it goes something like this. Let's take a look. The 2000s, mate. This is the one. This is the <laughs> one. Like, I know I'm a bit biased, but you mate, I'm telling you, the, t- the 2000s, the noughties, the naughty noughties, mate, naughty. different. <laughs> it, it was just different. It was different. And, you know, in a lot of ways, like Phantom Menace does feel part of this decade. Because it was, yeah. you know, it, it was only a few months in the 90s. Like, it only existed for a few for the people who made it, maybe, you know, not. <laughs> yeah. It took a while to, to make, but, and it's very much still part of the 90s. But the 2000s, man, like Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, oh, Star Wars oh. Battlefront 1 and 2 on the PlayStation, mate. The video games, the board games, the merch, the toys, Clone Wars 2D animated, Clone Wars 3D animated, yeah, Clone Wars it, 3D film. Are uh, you joking? Mate, this is where it starts. This is where, no, this is Star Wars is the mega franchise it is. This is it. This It solidifies that. It solidifies that. What do you think, mate? Yeah, but when you've just listed everything like that, I mean, how can, how can I argue? But at the same time, though, Attack of the Clones came out. Empire at the time gave it a five-star review, and fraudulently they've gone back and changed that. Always stick to your gut. But Attack of the Clones wasn't That's particularly well-received when it came out. Um, Revenge of the Sith was was much better received. It received a lot better. Um, and then, again, it's the end. You know, we've got one, two, three. We've, we've had, now we've had four, five, six pr- prior to this. It's the second ending of Star Wars, and it's kind of like re-entering those dark times, except that here, like you said... We had the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. We had the the Clone Wars movie, which is a film. Uh, it's fine. And then, of course, we've got the start <laughs> of the series, which I don't want to keep looking in hindsight because focusing on this decade, but think how much from this decade is still impacting the stories now, you know, from the yeah. 2000s, you know, the characters. I've just been talking about Star Wars Brotherhood. It's based basically around Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars, which is bang smack in this decade it's it's a huge decade yeah, the dark horse comics uh, the the eu is in full swing by now of course as well it's all over the place of its storytelling um and i mean coruscant came from the eu as well like a lot of uh, george would take things like they do now from eu and put it into his ayla secura for example i believe yep. she was a pure eu character and became clone fodder by the end of it but uh yeah this is a huge 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 
decade. But again, I can't help but feeling. I remember watching Revenge of the Sith in 2005, as do you, I imagine. And this is the end. You know, and, and those who have been in 83 know Shouldn't what this is like. They've, they've had the end, and now this is it again. But however, we, we got the animated series. Not for everyone. I get that but they were still pushing the story forward. So this doesn't feel quite as definitively like an ending as it did in the eighties because we had more content. And he said like the battlefront yeah. games, they endured anyway, battlefront and battlefront Two, Oh my word. And the, uh, and the other games that came out, the KOTOR oh, games. Knights of the Old Republic. Exactly. Oh. They endured and there was something there for people to cling on to and play. And so this was why this year, yeah, it feels like an ending, but not quite as damaging or harsh of an ending maybe as it was in 83. It really feels like right now as well, like there's a huge love letter being written to the prequel era. People have finally woken up and seen, yeah, there are so many kids, so many adults, so many people that grew up, loved and have just a bond with the prequel era. Yeah, the 2000s, the 2000s, man. Like they were slapping out video games. And yeah, a lot of them kind of sucked. But there were a great deal that were absolutely fantastic. They were definitive. You know, if you had a good gaming collection, there had to be a few Star Wars titles in there. You know, can we say the same today? I don't know if that's the same for a lot of people. Certainly we're not biased. In terms of quantity. We're biased because we're Star Wars fans. But, you know, dude, they're remaking Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. They've remade the Star Wars Battlefronts. Okay, maybe not reskin them like they're doing with uh, Knights of the Old Republic. But nevertheless, they've taken the, the, the name and re- relaunched it because it was that successful. It was that impactful. And the 2000s was it, mate. It was it. The toy. The amount it, of toys you got. You, I was going to say, let's not oh. forget... Because the Phantom Menace that brought the toys back. We we didn't mention that in the nineties, but we mentioned that on our episode for the Phantom Menace. So that's been covered. But in the te- in the noughties, the naughty noughties, the toys do like the Attack of the Clones, like the blue background moving into the orange Sith oh, background, Revenge of the Sith. Word. Man, the they were weren't scrimping on their production of toys. And guess what, man? Everyone got a toy. If you're in the film, you got a figure, and that's that's yeah. something I miss badly, man. Me too. Even Me as a too. Collector, I missed it. Where I mean, I mean, it, we, it's just chalk and cheese, mate. It's just chalk and cheese. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out there today, like in in the shops, and I'm thinking, where on earth is the Kenobi merch? Oh, you know, where on earth is it? I don't know. I don't get it, mate. I saw like Lightyear toys, you know, like the um, Toy yeah, Story the, kind Buzz of Lightyear film, Buzz Lightyear thing. I saw Lightyear toys, but I'm thinking, but that's a Disney property, and it's Star Wars. Come on, guys! What? 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 Yep. What's? What's? But back then, different, mate. Completely different. Star Wars was was the king of this kind of thing. If anything, maybe they did it too much. Yeah, too much. Maybe I don't know, but I don't care. I, as an adult, I do not care. I loved it, and I have such a strong affinity to it. Like you said, that, that Attack of the Clones blue lightsaber thing. With the Skywalker saber, just it's so beautifully designed. I'm telling you, when I'm done, maybe one day with the Power of the Force stuff, Attack of the Clones line, I'm coming for you. One of he's, them. He's going to do it. Yeah, I, 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 they're just delicious, aren't they? They're absolutely, absolutely delicious. I love the 2000s. On, and it's one of those. Yeah. 
I, I, I think it's one of those decades that people, every decade, they're like, oh, yeah, we're like that back in my day. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, actually, people are starting to figure out now, especially these Gen Z kids, they're looking back at the 2000s and going, yeah, sick, mate, sick. Like, I want to dress like Avril Lavigne. Do you know what I mean? I want to look <laughs> like I'm in Blink-182. You know, it's it, 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 you don't know what you got till it's gone. And the 2000s is that. Yeah, man. Some of the music wasn't great. Some of the fashion wasn't great, but Star Wars knew where it's at. We got two films. We got two animated, three animated, well, three films, including Clone Wars, two animated properties, a shed load of toys, games, comics. It, you know, it, it, surely that was it. By the end of the 2000s, we didn't think we were going to get any more. No more films. We'll just concentrate on uh, animated and maybe a an underworld TV series. But the 2000s, mate. They had it all. Today, I am proud to announce the Walt Disney Company is acquiring Lucasfilm, the global entertainment company founded by George Lucas and the home of the legendary Star Wars franchise. Fans can expect a new feature film, Star Wars Episode 7, in theaters worldwide in 2015. And there will be more feature films, as well as consumer products, television projects, games, and theme park attractions. We've, you know, got a plan for uh, 7, 8, and 9, which are the, is the, the end of the trilogy, and um, other films also. So uh, we have a, you know, a large uh, uh, group of ideas and characters and books and all kinds of things. We could go on making Star Wars for the next 100 years. I realized at some point I needed to retire. And I wanted to go on and do other things, uh, things in philanthropy and doing more experimental kind of films, but I couldn't really drag my company into that. 2010s, move, oh, moving into a decade, which I think we both probably remember a lot better than most because we were a little bit older. But when we're thinking, what well, you know, what's going to come? We're going to get maybe the Clone Wars and then that's going to be it and George is going to make some more kind of strange uh, a thirteen thirteen TV series that he can't afford to make, but no. Suddenly, in the distance, like a Death Star looming, it's a set of Mickey Mouse's. Disney and Bob Iger are coming, <laughs> checkbook in hand, and saying, "George, that Lucasfilm thing you've got there, we like it, we love it, we want it. We'll give you four point one billion big ones for it." And George was like, "Yep, is <laughs> that like, fine? How many noodles yeah, and plaid yeah. shirts and gola trainers can I buy of this?" But as we know, he donated it all to good causes because he's an absolute king. But um, 2010s, mate, it began yeah, with the Clone Wars. That's what we had. But by the time we ended, by the time we ended, we had three new films, a new era. We had a, one of the best animated series of the lot in Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Resistance came along as well. We had new games. We had new comics. We had new canon. The EU's gone. Five new films. Five I forgot films. about the standalones. I'm so excited. Rogue One and Solo as well. But oh. you're right. You're right. This podcast, mate. This, this, podcast. this podcast started. And I mentioned beginning of the 90s, had the EU. It was a bone of contention for a lot of people. But, you know, they, they kicked out the old EU for something more cohesive, which I'm always going to be a fan of. But it irked a lot of people. However, they are, they've been dipping into the EU an awful lot of their stories. But, mate. I, I can't lie and look back and think, oh, I wish Disney hadn't bought Star Wars or Lucasfilm because we, like I said, we've got five films and at the, and at the end of the decade, the Dis Disney Plus and the streaming series as well are coming into their own. 
mean, if the nineties was a kind of starting point, a, a rebirth, and the noughties were where things hit the ground and where the fun began, the twenty tens is when it went into overdrive. People may not have liked everything, but we we say we're eating well. I mean, how do we sum up the twenty tens? How much they managed to cram into a decade? Which isn't news, by the way. Which isn't news because in the nineties, in the two thousands, there were a lot of people that didn't like stuff. And in the eighties, Return of too. the Jedi. In the eighties too, Return of the Jedi. Like, oh, Ewoks! Wah. You know, we've done it. We've done episodes on all of this. You know, people. There are a lot of people who are never happy. Spoiler. Spoiler, there are a lot of people in your life. Listener, you, right now, there are a lot of people in your life. They're moaners. You know the ones. You know the ones. They're not happy. They're, they're, they're never going to be happy. They're yeah. miserable, and they enjoy that. They're, that's their energy. That's their thing, mate. And fair enough, right? Sometimes we need people like that. Yeah, I'll say that too. Sometimes we do a need differing opinion. Some- you need a differing opinion. Sometimes you need a realist, right? Because I'm an optimist. Yes. And sometimes I need to be oh, yes. anchored down sometimes by a realist, right? So not always a bad thing, but generally speaking, leave off. Shut up. Don't <laughs> like it. That's all right, you know? <laughs> leave and, us alone. And cri- that's not to be confused with criticism, general criticism. We're not just yep. blind. What? What's the word? Shills. You know, we're not just blinded Star Wars fans who are like, oh, yeah, everything that comes out is amazing. And I've seen mm. that as well. And that can be just as annoying as well. Yes. But I'll yes. say this, mate, even with what we're talking about now, this this decade, the decades, the, the 2010s, decks. it was, I think, the birth of a new generation of Star Wars fandom that is on the internet, that is online. You know, and I know there are a lot of OGs that were doing it since the 90s and that, but mm-hmm. I think Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2015 really, really kicked things off for Star Wars podcasting, yeah. for Star Wars Twitter, for Star Wars Instagram, for Star Wars YouTube. meetups, for YouTube, for Ugh. all of these kind of things, for all of these kind of things, whether you love it, whether you hate it, this era has been the birth of an internet subculture and i for one love that i love that and it does have a few annoying things that comes with it that is the nature of the internet that is the nature of people but bro i'm i'm so happy i'm so happy we've got it 2012 disney bought lucasfilm they said episode seven's coming i couldn't believe it we got episode seven couldn't believe it could not believe it. And I still don't believe it. I, I, I still look back. I think you posted only this week on Instagram. It was like eight years ago today. They, or, or was it eight years ago? Uh, they 20, started yeah, filming. 2014, yeah, yeah. They started filming Star Wars Episode Seven. Yep. Same day wow. that Attack of the Clones was released in 2002. Fast forward 12 years later, Episode Seven is in production. And when you put it like that, it doesn't sound like there's that much of a difference in time. Like 12 years between film being released and Episode Seven being produced, but it's a long time to wait, but yeah, man, um, the internet subculture. I love the idea of criticism. I love, of course, I love the idea of discussion and debate. It, obviously mm. these new films have also created a rise of, of just idiots everywhere. That's <laughs> I'm going to say. There is so many terrible <laughs> clickbait takes, which are fueled by the some pretty green by money. I pay no, I pay no heed to them, but, um, at the same time, everyone is entitled. What do to you mean? Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I pay. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Fine, but the franchise 
has always been about advancements in technology. Yeah. What The Force Awakens yeah. did to start things off with was it merged practical and CG and augmented those together and gave us a that lived-in feel, but also that tangible quality to it. The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker picked that around with it, Rogue One especially, and Solo too. Um, Star Wars Rebels, to some people, it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling there is oh, out there. Dude. It, it, one of those people is me who thinks that. Resistance came out, and again, we, we joke and laugh about it, but it's there. It serves a purpose. There's a story to be told there which links into an era, which we've said in this show, and I'll say again, is crying out now for more content. Let's flesh out the secret era. era. Uh, Resistance does that. We've got a new set of canon. I've got so many. I've got all of the books over there. We've, got, we've had the High Republic was uh, announced. You know, it's they really, really are pushing Star Wars now in the 2010s. Disney, whether you've loved them, hate them, or ambivalent, Disney have taken Star Wars and they want to make it something bigger than it's ever been. They want to give us more and more of the stuff. Now, quantity and quality will always come into the argument here, but nobody can accuse them in terms of output of resting on their laurels. Or have mistakes been made? Yes. Have uh, th- ha- ha- did they need a few more planning meetings? Absolutely. Could they have had more games produced in this time? Yes. Mm. But by the mm. end of this decade, I think they've mistakes have been made, and I think they actually ended this decade in a better place because they knew what they had to do, my man. But you know, the sequel era yeah. trilogy, I love, man. The Force Awakens hype was again next level. I look back at those, all of those films of a fondness because of the build up. The podcast started. I met my man, Lukey Boy. Yeah, so yeah. many of you guys as well. It's you know, it's, it's an era which I look back on with a lot of fondness because I just look past all the silliness. I'm here for yeah. the content. Not all of it's been great. Not all of it's no. been good. But I'm, I'm glad that we're getting it and we're not having, you know, the Dark Times Part 3. Let's not get it twisted, guys. If George didn't sell, Lucasfilm was going to go under. No, man, there's if nothing George coming out. Did, nothing else was coming out. And, you, you, you know, with a company that big that was doing that much, they needed a new film. They needed a new film. It's either that or they would have become like a, a special effects studio, effectively. Mm-hmm. They'd be living off ILM. And they could have done that. You know, let's not get it wrong. They probably could have survived, actually, to be honest. But if they wanted new stars, if they needed that, if they wanted that Lucasfilm identity, something needed to happen. And for George, it was inevitable. There wasn't going to be another buyer by the guys. There wasn't going to be a universal buys Star Wars. No. A Warner Brothers. There was wasn't, there wasn't going to be that. To as well. Yes. It was George's relationship. Massive part of this. Massive part of this. And also, I want to say, mate, by the end of this decade in 2019, and again, it's a funny one, like Rise of Skywalker and, and, and the Mandalorian almost feel part of the 2020s yeah you know and they, it kind of is in a way because again this is stuff that was released only a few days before 2020 but we got them nevertheless and the mandalorian we didn't know at the time was incredibly special yeah. and actually started a new era of star wars and lucasfilm So this is the the culmination of the Skywalker saga. We've heard talks of there being breaks in the movies. Well, what's next? Well, we had always decided that we were taking a bit of a break after finishing the saga. And now we're really starting to put pen to paper and figure out where we're headed beyond this. I think 
Mandalorian is certainly an indication of some of the ideas that are percolating, so we'll see. We're having we have fun thinking about the future. And then we have Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan is being directed by Deborah Chow. We're doing a six-part limited series. We were just actually down in Manhattan Beach yesterday looking at some of the cast, and that's really coming along, so we're excited. I don't know if I'm allowed to pick favorites, but Deborah Chow's episode of The Mandalorian. Oh is it, wasn't it great? No, she is really talented. Here we are, guys. The yeah. 2020s. The 2020s. I remember us doing a podcast episode saying like a new uh, d- year, a new era. Decade, something like that. Yeah. A new decade, something like I that. I remember like, the yeah, 2020s so well. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, Man. dude, it seems like we're, we're only two years into it or a year and a half, whatever way you want to look at it. Two, two and a half years, actually, not a year and a half. Uh, but we're two and a half years into it. And there seems to be an emphasis on Star Wars series. Yep. The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and or Mandalorian Season 3, and more. It's all coming. Vanity Fair this week has chatted about it, and it seems like that at the moment is the future of Star Wars, and it's all being led by Kathleen people like Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Star Wars in the 2020s, Matty Boy. What are you thinking, mate? What are you thinking? Is it is it good? Is it overhyped? Are you happy with where we are? Well, yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting, my friend. Um, literally, Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out in a week or so's time. We're talking about the noughties nostalgia. Hayden and Ewan are back together on screen together, mate. Who would have thought in a million years of Saturdays, Sundays and Mondays we'd ever, ever get that again ever genuinely but here we are mate we're gonna see it um no i am very excited i i've been leaning on i lean on something that my friend john book says a few times he feels star wars has a problem letting go of star wars you know it, the series you've just mentioned obi-wan ahsoka um and or maybe not quite as much and but they rely very heavily on the nostalgia and what's come before well, I do want to see, and it may be the Acolyte gives us this when it comes out. Leslie Headland was talking about that this week, and it very much on schedule, on track. Maybe mm. that will be. I, I am so excited for the streaming series you're getting because I love me some nostalgia. I love everything you've just said. But I really am also excited for the new, uh, fresh material we're going to get because what you've said is correct. But for me, Star Wars will only survive if it's now starts to expand and it's, it's going to have to give us new things. Eventually it can't keep giving us, you know, the adventures of Han and Chewie in another one shot comic. Eventually we're going to have to have new characters, a new era and new heroes and villains to latch onto. That's a huge decision for them to make. You know, they've got to get that right. That's what I'm most excited for. Look, going forward, my friend, however, what we've got at the minute, come on, come on, man. How we're, can you not really, be excited mate. as a star Wars? And it might not all be great. We've said that before. It, you know, well, stuff might come out and it might fail to dis- flat to deceive or whatever, but you know, it's, let's not think about that yet. Let's get excited for what we know is coming and let's anticipate it. You know, there's nothing wrong with being hyped and speculating and getting excited. You know, it may not live up to our hopes, but what's wrong with getting excited, mate? Streaming is here to stay. It's it's the big boy going forward. We will get films at some point. Again, for the book fans out there, and for a lot of our listeners, the horror public is where it's at. You know that the the, the mm, publishing for a lot. Mm. Oh, like mm-hmm. big boy like big boy johnny and so many of the guys who met a nerd base 
the High Republic is taken off and the Acolyte is set in the era, potentially video games set in the era as well. So they're giving us something fresh. And I'm excited for it, mate. So we've got that. We've got, vi- we've got the exclusivity license for the video games is now gone. So we're going to get so many video games, aren't we, this decade, mate? So good. So that's exciting as well. That's another thing sorry, to sorry. push it forward. I'm oh, not sorry, sure if yeah. you heard that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Matt. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Good. What do you think? What are you thinking, though, mate? Because we, we've got so much coming, you know, in big, big scale, small scale. Are we in a good place? I think we're in a really good place. I think we're in a really, really good place. And I think like with every era and every generation, you learn from the past. You learn from mistakes, you know, and that's not to say the whole of the last decade was a mistake. It wasn't, you know, we learned a lot. We got some, we got some phenomenal, terrific storytelling, some grade A Star Wars, some of the best Star Wars ever. It put Star Wars back on the map. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, because it's like that thing. At a certain age, it's very easy to think, oh, everything I grew up with, the kids at the moment love. That's not the case yeah, at no, no, all. No. Yeah. At all. And for a whole generation of children, kids, teenagers, whatever, you know, Star Wars is relevant again. They have a story to follow, a story to believe in, a mythology to believe in, which brings us back to 1977. That's what George wanted. A mythology escapism a fairy tale for people for kids for everyone and that's what we're getting today and i think with the series it's interesting what we're living through at the moment like you said in this decade we'll get star wars film i'm sure um but right now they're focusing on these series and we've never had a decade like this we've never opened a decade with well let's just focus on the series you know, arguably, that's how the 2010 started with Clone Wars, but that was it. It yeah. was Clone Wars, and it was just uh, you know, I'm not relegating animation here, but it was just really, um, it was just animation. You know, <laughs> you're not making sets, you're not making props, you're not having physical stages made. It doesn't appeal you know, to everyone, does it? Like a film would, let's say, at all. To and, us, and, it does. And, it, and that's not the job of animation, is it? The job of, of course, animation yeah. ultimately is to network and premiere on a children's TV show or a TV channel, you know, or, or stream the story. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in person, you know, physical, it's, it's, it's completely different. It's, it is really for everyone. And it's, it's crazy, mate. This is, this is, and this is a new generation. I'm so excited, mate. I am so, so, so excited for this. And I think we're in a good place. I do. I think we're in a good place for content. And I hope they take their time. I mean, that Vanity Fair thing with Ahsoka, Rosario Dawson, oh, Obi-Wan, wow. Ewan McGregor, Ped- Pedro Pascal, The Mandalorian, and Andor, Diego Luna, just sitting there, you know, on the cover. This, the, the, what did it say? The the rebellion, rebellion will, will be will, televised. The rebellion will be televised. Come oh, amazing! On. And in that article, mate, they they said, "Look, we've learned our lesson." Some of it was, I think, slightly derogatory towards some of the talent, i.e., old and Ehrenreich. Not quite sure about that one, but um, yeah. but I also think at the same time, I uh, just on that, I think I'm not sure that was aimed at old and Ehrenreich. I think it was more aimed at the film itself wasn't well received. Um, therefore maybe we can't replicate what we thought. Maybe, maybe the name isn't going to sell like we thought. I don't think Kathleen Kenny was basically saying Oldham was bad in the role, but, um, yeah, mate. I, I think, I think it was Lucasfilm aiming at a Disney. 
I think I think Lucasfilm was sent down the same. We can't make everything into a film. We're but not you know, Marvel. And we I, can't and release like two that. or three films a year. We can't do it. Solo proves that. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. No, uh, I, 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 I'm I'm with you on that, Mike. As I usually am, I'm with you on that one. But what you said about the generation, mate, the new fans that have been bought in in the last decade especially from Clone Wars, a sequel trilogy, and now entering into this one. How many fans has The Mandalorian bought in? They are going to be what propels the franchise forward. Star Wars is for everyone. It's for the OGs who were there in the 70s uh, through to now. It's for those who were there in the 80s. It's for the kids who've just realised Baby Yoda's cool. It's for us who really kind of peaked in the noughties. It's for everyone, and they. But it's going to be this new generation that's really going to propel it forward because we're in a different age and a different era now. But, mate, I would rather have a a smorgasbord, an abundance of these uh, series and films coming out than nothing at all, mate. Hi, this is Misty Roses. I am the performance artist for Queel and Frog Lady in The Mandalorian. And you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Something that has never changed over the decades, my friend, is people like a drink, especially when they talk about Star Wars. Sometimes it leads them to wanting a drink. However, I am very thirsty, partly due to the fact that I'm quite hot here in the cockpit. So thankfully, we've landed up outside of our favourite dusty drinking hole, the band Tina. The only question that remains, my man, is, shall we? Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony! Give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Oh, he's got the blasters out. Yes! Here we are, here in the Bantina. For those who are new to the show or old, each week we sit down with you lot, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. Uh, so this week we, we kind of shook it up a little bit. We wanted to know what was your favourite decade in Star Wars or I guess loosely, what was your favourite era, I suppose? And as usual, we got some pretty spicy responses, didn't we, big boy? Yeah, we did. And to kick us off, we got some cheeky comments here from Instagram. Warven Clan, he says, there was just something electric in the air when those prequels were dropping. God, we love it. to see it. It gets it. It's true. It's true. Big J, West Sussex, what a name, says, there isn't a bad decade, but if I got to pick, it would be the 70s. Without that, there would have been no Star Wars. Yep. Definitely looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out. We love hearing that, mate. Hover Droid says, all of it. And the Solomon book says, I've loved it all. But for me... I have to pick the 80s. This decade saw the release of Empire and Return of the Jedi, which got which I got to see in the theater. The further rise of the Kenner line of toys and the release of the movies on VHS. I could watch the movies whenever I wanted. Game changer. Even though the end of the decade was tough since we all thought we'd never get more Star Wars, the beginning of the decade was a top time to be a kid who loved star wars we got Man. some crazy cool comments we've got more comments on that mate lots of love and a lot of love for the sequel era the 2010s and 2010s 2020s so 
that's all good, mate. Yeah, man. One of them was from Todd C. He said, if we're talking just movies, then I guess the 80s, since that's when Empire came out. But I'm quite fond of the 2010s, even if I haven't loved everything. Now, I like that attitude because it's, it's about feeling a force. We don't have to love everything in Star Wars. However, there's just something about the 2010s which resonates, and it always will do. It's a very special time. Um, Star Wars 5W says, I wasn't around in the 70s, too young in the 80s, but the mid-90s to 2000s was probably my favourite. Although now is a great time with all the new content we, we have got on with the sequels and Disney+, and are soon to be getting with only one Kenobi. So people are looking back and how can you not the history and legacy of star wars is unrivaled and it always will be unparalleled it came out of that sweet spot it hit just right the pop culture phenomenon it became the juggernaut it became and people now though for all the discourse and for all the things we see online where we think oh nobody likes star wars anymore people still love star wars and they're still digging things that are released now Kenobi in a week or so's time mate and it, but the, by this time next week or almost we're going to have a deluge of information about these new products unreal. coming out mate projects so unreal it's unreal. not a bad time is it mate it's not a bad time at all mate it's not a bad time at all and we got we got a lot of lovely vibes on this a yeah, lot man. of lovely vibes on this and a lot of mixed responses and I think it really it, I, I'll say this now though mate you know the people saying like basically live in the now you know enjoy right now i do believe in that too i do believe you know don't just look back only look look at yourself now and look at the future too but right now i think we're living in quite a cool time you know the fact that we're able to do this podcast alone and have our little community our little slice of fandom it's so much fun it's so much fun and it's an honor to be a part of yeah, I second that, my friend, and I can't add anything more to that other than keep it spicy, guys. But if you didn't get your uh, comment read out on this week's Bantine and we got a lot of great comments, then don't be disheartened. Do keep commenting on our social posts each and every week, and we'll do everything we can to get you on a future edition of the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be... So good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right. It's a spicy part of the Bantino. It's the Patreon question section. <laughs> Matty boy, are you ready for this filth? I don't think you are, mate. Let's get ready to rumble. Rumble. Let's rumble Matt's little face. Uh, Tubular. (laughs) Tubular. Tommy says, would you beauties be open to doing a comics segment on or or a Patreon exclusive pod about reviewing comic stories? I recently subscribed to Marvel Unlimited and I think it would be mighty fun. Anyways, if you don't, I'll still listen. Peace and love. Tubular Tommy, what a lad. I love that. Straight to the point. Matty boy, you read every single Star Wars comic <laughs> that comes out, right? Tommy, um, mate, on they have I've done it on Jibber Jabber, which is my Patreon solo show. If, if you kind of go back into the annuals, you'll see that I've st- sort of done reviews here and there for the Marvel comic lines, but it's mainly a review of the series as a whole rather than individual because... 
there's so much coming out. I think that's what kind of puts me off from doing anything like that. Obviously, there are time restraints and constraints, which may or may not come into effect. There's that. Uh, and also, you know, let's, let's throw up some hands for the Wonga. It ain't cheap being a Star Wars fan. However, like Marvel Unlimited, Comicsology, and things like that are a godsend. But um, the, the thing that kind of puts me off mainly is the sheer volume of it. Because if you do a, is it would would you be would it be a Star Wars comics kind of half an hour recap? In which case, we you you have to read the Star Wars line, Darth Vader, the High Republic, uh, the one shots, the Afro, and all the other ones. Or would it be a specific one? And if it's a specific one, which one and why would it be that one? And what happens if you do Vader and actually it turns out the High Republic is probably a lot more fun? Oh, I'm missing out on doing that. I have thought yeah. I, I, I've thought about it kind of previously that. Because, like Luke said, I love me some canon. It, it would be more books, is what I'm focused on. Because Luke, uh, Luke, you know, you don't read every single comic run that comes out. But you, I think, we've established that are more into collect or reading a comic book. That would be your go-to if you had to. Whereas I'd go to the books, and yeah. you know, people have not, so you. I've done. We've done book clubs. We've done uh, book reviews as well. That's kind of where my head lies at the minute. So as much as I'd love to do something more about the comics. I don't feel like I can devote enough time to actually do it to the level and the quality that I want to do it. I don't, I don't want to do it like riffraff quality. I want it to be spot on. I want every reference to be there. I want to pick up on everything. I want to have read everything. I wanted to absorb it. Got all the connections together and all that. I don't know how someone like old Damon on Star Wars Explained Our Boy does it. But obviously, as a full-time job, that's how he does it. But um, it's an right. awful lot of work. Hey, look, if somebody wants to do it and outsource the job, fine. Or if somebody wants to do the pod, I'm sure we could find some some way of doing that. But it, it's yeah. more time and um, the volume, which is quite scary for me, my man. What about you? I mean, would you ever consider doing some kind of like semi-regular or twice yearly or something? Look back at the comics? Well, or I would guess that pretty much everyone who listens to this show has seen all of the Star Wars live action content and keeps up to date with live action content. I'd assume the majority keep up to date with uh, animation. Maybe. Yeah, and I'd say majority. And I would say probably a minority keep up to date with books and comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the question would be like, Firstly, is everyone keeping up with the stories? Because if not, I think it's it's harder to have a discussion. And I'm kind of just bouncing off of Matty Boy's point here because I, I agree. I think they're putting out too much content. And I think when they're putting out too much content and when they can't always, as particularly with the main Star Wars line, the main Star Wars issue, it feels like you're, you're buying into this stuff. You're buying these comments, uh, comics and nothing of historical importance happens. It, it, it can really feel like, well, okay, it's just a bit bland. It's a bit vanilla because they can't really take many risks. And that is, that is the problem, I feel, with a lot of the new comics and, and canon that isn't live action or animated. Mm-hmm. So books and comics, basically. <laughs> but, <laughs> I I feel like that, but particularly with the comments, the comments can be quite bland sometimes. So it's really hard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be averse to it, but however, a regular segment, I don't know, man, I don't know. Uh, Cause I even think some of the, uh, let's say our boy, Johnny O Johnny, 
he uh, keeps up with the High Republic yeah, things or, or, or those comics, right? But he doesn't keep up to date with all of the comics. Mm-hmm. He only reads some of the comics because it's hard to keep up with them. And on top of that, it's hard to financially keep up on top yeah, of them. That's it. And then you've got solutions to that, like Marvel Unlimited, which I totally understand. And I think that's a, that's a great avenue and option for you comic lovers but i think half of the um like charm of comic collecting comic reading is the physicality to it that's what i think and i don't know i i can't see you and i doing it anytime soon mm-hmm. to be honest i can't um but i'm happy to incorporate it more into like a podcast or journal of loop Blywalk walker whatever we we end up doing um mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope I don't come across as too harsh either no, no, when man. saying the, that. But the idea sounds great because, like I said, I, I love you know me. I love canon. I love democracy. Um, and there's, I'd love to do more <laughs> of it, but it's just it's doing it justice, which is a problem for me. And I yeah. like with the Star yeah, Wars. Right, like, sometimes right. you get certain arcs, like the Hope Dies arc in the 2015 run. That was bonkers. That actually had big implications on the canon because of like, who dies in that and they're not mentioned that's why they're not in the films afterwards that's cool but um there is also that understanding i think from i was listening to a show this week or the last week or so where they were saying you know the, the quality of the novels is is not as good as the eu which i will fight anyone to the death about that yeah but, um yeah. because nothing of any consequence happens but then at the same time they were saying well i don't want anything big to happen in some book blah 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 so well, now which one is it do you want the books to be really important and have huge canon moments in it or not I yep. want them as they are. I want them like Brotherhood, which is a beautiful companion piece, Ooh. which you can ch- take or leave if you want to read it. That's what Ooh. I want them to be, and that's how. And that's in the comics as well. But there's, it's the volume, mate. It's it's the quantity of it. I'm sure, like one day in the future, in years to come, maybe not years, but there could be a way of incorporating them somehow, or or, or a segment, or like a, a thirty minute episode every three months of a comic rundown where people give us their thoughts on it maybe i don't know but it's something fun to think about mate it's something to think but as of now it's just i think there's too much to focus on to do it justice do our uh, mates over at utini focus a lot on all the comics utini um and they, they, they are, are they the books? gospel on books man i think mm. that oh yeah oh i don't want to speak for them i'm not entirely sure um, what they do with the books though is second to none uh, eric arlison and the boys over there and girls do such a great job at Utini, I, I quite regularly tell people just to go there. You know, if you want like the High Republic rundown or or where things fall in the timeline, those guys they've got you covered. But um, yeah, they're mostly books. They're mostly books. I that's think. It. And and yeah. it, it, for me, like, again, just to repeat my point, finally, for me, it's doing it justice. I don't like doing things and rushing them and kind of coming out of it feeling like all I did then was run down the titles. I want to really dive into them or have it. So people tell me, you or whoever what happens and we can kind of, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That sounds a bit rubbish, but mm. have it actually be informative to people. Cause like you said, not everybody reads the comics. Some people might listen to a show like that so they can be kept up to date with what's happening in the canon. Yeah. Like, and, if, and if that was going to happen, you want to do it properly. Like, so, like how Utini or our boy, Alex Damon does, over at Star Wars explained, you know, they really have the time to dive into it and the the resource to do that. So maybe one day is the long winded answer. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. I like it. There we go. Thank you so much for sending that in, Tommy. 
Tommy. And now moving on from Tommy to Shunny Boy, uh, my brother, Sean Hudson. He said, lads, lads, lads. Greetings, exalted ones. It sounds like my Patreon uh, intro. Uh, he says, my May Patreon question is coming hotter than any a- aircraft any Lilleni has ever tried landing, normally on fire. I'm re-watching Rebels and I'm on season four, episode six, with the awesome upgraded mm. TIE Defender. Mm. If you guys were to choose which spaceship to fly into battle, X-Wing, A-Wing, B-Wing, TIE, etc., what would you go for? And what would your call sign be? You know, I, Maverick Goose. Keep it spicy, lots of love, big HUD. Yeah, Thrawn's TIE Defender. That Those episodes are great, going up against Krennic's Death Star um, in terms of funding. So, matey boy, what would your what would your ship of choice be to go into battle with and what would your call sign be over the comms right okay i had to think about this but i really really like the tie striker Ooh, i love the tie striker from rogue one it is a thing of beauty i hope to see more of it in star wars canon in the future and i think we might particularly with uh and or maybe even kenobi that'd be crazy but I don't think they're as versatile in space. I think they're designed for air combat, like in in atmosphere combat. So, um, but anyway, I love the look of it. So, Tie Striker, I do like a B wing. I think the B wings are pretty That's a pretty B-wing. snaz. Like, I love a B wing. I love a B wing. Um, Naboo Starfire goes about saying, "Always a shout, always a shout." And oh, I do like the. Is it the Ark? Is it Ark? The Ark uh, Starfighter. Oh, the, I know what um, you mean. Republic is one. one Ark. Is that the one that looks like a, um, a bulldog clip? It's 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 like the predecessor to the X-wing. You know oh, the yes, beginning yes, of Revenge yes. of the Sith. Yeah, yes. that's that's the Ark Starfighter. Ark One Seventy. Aggressive reconnaissance. One Seventy Two Starfighter. Aggressive. Pretty okay. sick. Okay, yeah, what's like your call sign then? Boys. So if I, if I have to right. call you on the radio, what am I calling you? Probably um, the big fluffy man. <laughs> Stud one. The big, the big fluffy man one. <laughs> and our, uh, well, our squadron could be big fluffy men. Or, or just fluffy men. You men, know? men one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Not just the women, the children. <laughs> not just a man. Yeah. Oh. Um, Right, well, what there we go. You, mate? Well, well, so which, which one? Okay, but if you have to pick just one of those ships, you're going into battle, right. you've got oh, your helmet on, is... and they're like, right, you've got to pick one or else I'll shoot you. Okay, That's what the squadron leader says, not me. Yeah, probably the Thai striker, you know. And with the striker. But then if, if it was Imperial, I'd have like a lame Imperial badge sign. So yeah, screw that. I'll, I've got, yeah. I'm in a stolen. No, well, it could be stolen, but I'll be in the Ark. I'll be in a vintage because at the time, if let's assume we're in sequel trilogy, yeah. I'll be in one of those vintage Ark Starfighters. And they'll be like, wow, that's a, like, that's a rad ride or that's whatever. Look at that hot rod. Say. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, a bit like Mando. Wheels. So yeah, I'd be, um, I'd be that. And um, what was it? Fluffy Men Seven. Fluffy Men Seven. Fluffy, Fluffy, Fluffy Men Seven. seven. Stand, standing standing by. by. Yeah, they'd be like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so arc, an arc fighter and Fluffy Man Seven standing by. Um, what I, I, I like an A wing. I think um, I've always, I, you know, the obvious answer is look. If I could, uh, if I could be in the galaxy. Uh, x-wing eerie day i'd love to I mean, imagine flying and how just how cool they look it's the classic but i like an a- i like an a-wing man those things have those things have got legs 
Yeah, Those I things like are fast. Uh, I loved seeing him in uh, The Last Jedi, like Tally Lintra's A-Wing. I loved that, man. Uh, they're fast. They've got good firepower. They look cool. Loves, loves an A-Wing. Uh, I'm going to go for, for that, mate. Um, I, would co- I would have it in... What colour? I don't know what colour I'd have it. Uh, red and white stripes, I'd have it. I can see you doing something. What? I am your father. What? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, comes uh, out. We interrupt this Patreon you know. session for the Star Wars soundboard from the app. Yeah, yeah. it won a it won a Webby the other day, so check it out. What? Um, what? Yeah, I'd, I'd have an A wing, be red and white, and uh, my call sign. I hadn't thought about this. Uh, if you're big fluffy man seven, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to be slubby. Eleven. I'm going to be slubby one. Slubby. Uh, slubby. You know. Yeah. Slub. You know. Like lazy uh, um, uh, <laughs> loves a donut um, you never heard the, sh- the term he's, he's a schlub a schlub it does sound familiar yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's Yiddish isn't it possibly but it's for I it's for somebody it's who's maybe a bit lazy maybe likes a donut more than he should doesn't really get up and about I'd be schlubby sh- one so, I'd be, so when I'd be in there I'm hearing Yiddish from you. <laughs> Man, this, this, is, this, is, um, this is a phrase which I use quite a lot. I think loads of people use it. I think it's, it's bit, Yiddish, you know. Yeah, shlub. Hey, um, shlamiel. Um, yeah, I'll be like, so when um, when I'm on the radio, I'll be like, oh, shlubby one calling in, standing by. And they'll be like, oh, that's definitely Matt, the shlub. The schmuck. Yeah. yeah, that's like schmuck, yeah. Oh, mate. No, I like that one, mate. I didn't say what colour. I'd be like, I'd have, I'd have little hints of green because green is awesome. You like green, don't you? So, I, didn't even I like green. It. I just thought I'd add colour in for a bit of... Uh, no, I liked that. So. I, I'm only copying you, to be honest. I'm like, oh, well, if he's added colour, I'll add colour as well, do please. Well, there's, I'm going to do our... as well. We're all, we're all <laughs> schlubs. We're all schlubs. Whatever you could do, I could do better. Uh, that's our Patreon questions then. Who's that? Tommy, shooty boy. Uh, let us know what you guys would have as well. Tommy, uh, why don't you do a podcast about comics? Hey, if, you would, if you did it, yeah. how would you do it? How good would it be, mate? What would you do? Would you cover the whole gamut or just one particularly? And we'd love to know everybody's call sign, everybody's ship of choice. Let us know what you thought and uh, we'll be sure to absorb and appreciate every comment that you give us but we'll be back again next week with more Patreon questions and answers but bartender sorry about the mess our time in the bantina is over but you know we're going to be back again same time again next week for another round in the bantina yeah It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! Yes, it is! It's a Star Wars Sessions Game! And for those new to the show, we end every episode on a Star Wars-themed game. Or at least we try to keep it Star Wars-themed. And we alternate who hosts it each week. And this week, my man... I'm hosting. You're going to be oh. answering. Do you know what? Yeah. Want to know what you're playing? Uh, of course. Shoot. What are we doing? It is. It is kind of Star. It is Star Wars themed, and it's on brand for what we've been doing. Okay, episode. I'm up for it. It yeah. is also potentially impossible. However, it's going to be electric trying to hear you answer these questions. I want to know <laughs> on the year, on the dates that each Star Wars film was released in the UK, which I'll give you these dates. I want to know what song was number one. 
Oh my word! Are you joking? <laughs> oh, it's only the Skywalker saga films. I want to. I wanted to have a guess of what you think was number one on the date oh. the films came out in the UK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right then. I'll. Uh, it's okay. UK charts. All right. I'll have a go. I'll okay. have a go. Let's Here do it. Go. Let's do Let's it. Hit, hit the music, big boy. Uh, okay. On the twenty seventh of December, nineteen seventy seven. What was UK number one? Flaming Egg. Um <laughs> I have fun. no clue. Uh, everyone's a winner, baby. That's true. That's true. Final answer. If he wants to win, who's that? Hot. That's uh, hot chocolate, isn't it? Hot chocolate. Yeah, everyone's a winner. I'll say that. I'll say that. I, I, I'm sure it's not right, but let's go with it. Uh, you'd be right in saying that. Number one, uh, when Star Wars: A New Hope came out, was Mull of Kintyre by Wings. Mal I thought you went. Kintyre. I thought you just went. You'll be right in saying that, mate. If you were, you <laughs> I, would, like, I would not have been able to keep my cool if you got like, it. Are you joking? Right, some okay, of these yeah. are. Some of these are like what? Like when You're I was partying, I was like, I've never heard of this. Um, okay, Empire me. Strikes Back was released on the twentieth of May, nineteen eighty, in the UK. What do you think was number one? I mean, come on. This is. If you get this, then. Oh right, brilliant! I'll give you my next that's paper. Good. That's encouragement, in it, lads. Say <laughs> if I get this, then <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my pay packet and more. Twentieth of May, nineteen eighty. Um, yeah, a Madonna song. I know, I know, it's a not Madonna right. Song? So Madonna, like uh, a bird. What well, that's a good Madonna impression, actually. Um, it wasn't <laughs> like a virgin or Madonna. It was, in fact, <gasps> what's another year? By Johnny Logan, right? I, I never heard of that song. <laughs> okay, on top as well. But um, wow. okay, second um, of June, nineteen eighty-three. Return of the Jedi dropped. What's number one? Second of June, eighty-three. Um, nineteen eighty-three. Second of June. I, I like. I like how I'm giving it like deep thought. Like I was yeah. there. This is more for fun than uh, any real chance of getting it, but. What about Wham? What about Wham? Uh, it's not Wham. <laughs> it's uh, Candy Girl by New Edition. <laughs> he knew. He knew. Like you know that. You this, know that by the way, I love this. I love this concept for a game. It's very good, and it's it, and it's on brand for the show it's, for this week's show. So it it's works. Impossible. It checks well. out. It, 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 if anyone out there knows the answer to these, and obviously be honest as well, do let us know. Um, there okay, will be people. Yep, yeah, there will be people because there are people out there who just have encyclopedic knowledge of the UK number ones. But 16th of July, 1999, The Phantom Menace came out. What was number one on the 16th of July, 1999? Um, oh, I've heard of this one. 16th, 1999. I know the one uh, that was... Oh no, that's 1995. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, mate. Um, nine, 99. Boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. I want to the Venga Boys. Venga Boys. Uh, the Venga Boys is not boom, correct. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Uh, number one is, I do know, it's 9 p.m. till I come by ATB. 
I think it's something like that. Um, wow! You 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 will recognise it if you hear it. Uh, you'll recognise the tune if you know. If you I hear think it. I do recognise it from your little tones you just gave us there. You blessed us with the. Okay, Attack of the Clones was released on the sixteenth of May two thousand and two. What was number one on the sixteenth of May two thousand and two? I don't know why I keep... I, I don't think this is right. In fact, I think this is from the 2000, you know, 2000 or 2001. But I've got a Daniel Beddingfield song in my head. Ooh, Daniel Beddingfield. Yeah, I'm going to get through this. Damn, I'm going to get through this. I like that song. Bam, 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 which is an absolute tune. An absolute oh, I tune. I, don't, I think that's too early. 2002. Is it Justin Timberlake? Is it Justin Timberlake... Um. Uh. Oh. Not. Not Senorita. The other one. Is it Justin Timberlake? It's not going to be, is it? Let's be honest. It's not going to be. What is it? It's not Justin Timberlake. It's, not. it's, uh, it's not. It's Kiss Kiss by Holly Valance. What? Do you remember Holly Valance? She was on Neighbours, I think she was on. She really. She came no? Yeah, I remember Kiss Kiss. It was a big hit back in the day. What? How does that go? I don't remember, but <laughs> it was a big hit back hang in the day. On, Holly hang Valance on. was kiss, like a pin-up kiss. of the time. Holly, it, she was what? She was like a pin-up of the time. Is she? Yeah. I'm hang, hang on, I'm YouTubing this. <laughs> I'm YouTubing this, I'm not having it. I'm you not having it. The, the, the beat. Stupid YouTube adverts. Oh, Stu- mate. Like, how many adverts do YouTube show? Uh, okay, right, it's, free, it's a free service, but don't, I don't want to see too many of your adverts. Come on. I do remember this. Yeah, man, see, you know it. I do, but it's not, I don't think this is a certified banger. Like, I'm not going to, if I type in like 2000s Spotify playlist, I don't think this will be on here. So, um, that's that's a very good point. Or maybe this one will be then from Revenge of the Sith in oh, the 19th no. of May 2005. Now, uh, obviously you were around at this point maybe a bit older than you were in 2002 yeah, 19th of May 2005 what do you think was number one um 2005 what was big in 2005 it wasn't um McFly a McFly song in the UK I'm thinking as well or do you know what James Blunt you're, you're beautiful I've come to like that song the more I get older. Are you going for Blunt? I'll go for Blunt. I'll, uh, yeah, Blunt. Give me Blunt. <laughs> In fact, the tune is Lonely. Lonely by Akon was number no. one. That was, that was a big, big hit then, wasn't it? That was big. That was and anything like that, but it was in that vein. That was huge. Classic Akon. So when Revenge of the Sith was dropping, when Order 66 was executed... Oh, oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When Order 66 was executed... Oh, oh, Akon was feeling a little bit lonely, like members of the Jedi Council who survived. Um, Right, let's fast forward 10 years, mate. 17th of December, 2015. The Force Awakens dropped. What was number one towards the end of the year? 2015. Yep, 17th of December. Ah... Is it? Doesn't feel that long ago. It doesn't feel long ago. What could it be? I know. Is it? Sorry, by Justin Bieber. 
Well, for the first time in the show, I almost said a very naughty word because you almost got it right. Shut up. It is a Justin Bieber song. Yeah, because his album came out like the month before Force Awakens came out. Iconic, bro. Trust it, me. Iconic. <laughs> it is Bieber. It's not but sorry. People, it's, oh, it's not sorry. It always, oh, it, um, why do you mean? Oh, my, uh, uh, oh. What's, is that, is that a song called What Do You Mean? What do you mean? I remember what the song. What do you mean? What? I remember the song. I remember the song. I don't know what it's called. Is it called What Do You Mean? Is that what was number one? <laughs> uh, no, it's, no, it wasn't. No. Oh. I just couldn't remember what it's called. Right, number one. I think it's, yeah. It was a Bieber it... song. And it was called yeah. love, love Yourself. Oh. Come on, you got to love yourself here, man. That's a tune. Here we no. go, man. That is absolute Mate, mad props and respect, though, for getting Bieber, though. <laughs> I mean, you got you yeah. remembered. You remembered. So no, I, I, I'm getting there. Yeah, because that's just more recent history. Yep. You know, what about this so. one? The Last Jedi was released on the 14th of December, 2017. What was number one on the 14th of December, 2017? 2017. So five, four and a half, five, four and a half years ago. I'm trying to think if. Um, because that doesn't seem long ago at all. Is it like? Is it? Is it like one of these kind of? Uh, I don't want to be out of order, but like plasticky kind of EDM. Like, is it like Chainsmokers or something? Uh, are you going to lock in Chainsmokers? Yeah, I'll lock in Chainsmokers. It, uh, as well. um, is it? it isn't Chainsmokers. Yeah, it is someone who was had who had this isn't the biggest song of the decade but it's an artist who had the biggest song in terms of um plays and sales right it was an ed sheeran song oh it's called <laughs> perfect ah oh. i don't know how that goes shape of view is the biggest song of the decade though uh, i i learned that from doing this from researching this episode perfect by ed sheeran was the song when the um universally loved last jedi was released. Final one, not mate. Canon, mate. Not canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Final one. If you if you get this one, I'll give you two months pay packets. The nineteenth of December, two thousand and nineteen, for the Rise of Skywalker. What was the UK number one? I have. N- I mean, I don't really know popular music I, too well. I think I knew this from the get go of this. It was it of this game when I found out this game because I think I remember. Is it a lad baby? I love sausage rolls. <laughs> if not, that's going to sound so random. <laughs> but Mate. basically, like, basically, I'm pretty confident in 2019, lad baby was Christmas number one. Like, we're built, and they're like from the Midlands, isn't they? And they're like, we're built this city. We built this city on sausage rolls. <laughs> oh, well, that was a fantastic uh, impression. But you're out by one week, mate. It wasn't Lad Shut Baby and Sausage Rolls. It wasn't. I think they were the week before, week before, a week after. I because they, they they came up and I was like, oh, that would have been perfect. I have no idea what this song is. It wasn't Lad what? Baby. It was a song called Dance Monkey Tones and I by Tones what? and I. Right, hang on. Dance Monkey. This no. is according to the official UK charts website. What's it called? Dance Monkey. Dance Monkey by Tones, T-O-N-E-S, and I, and 
the letter I. What is this? What is this? What is this? Is this going to be one of those songs that I have no idea what the name is, but I <sighs> recognise the song? I think it might I'm be. I'm going to have a little listen as well, mate, because I've, I've never heard of it. Oh, I don't oh, think I've heard of it. You have heard of it. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I've got an advert, but I, I, I trust you on that one. You know that one? I, I recognise that now. See, I just yeah, don't recognise the title, but that was number one when the when the Rise of Skywalker came out. You were right. so close because Lad Baby was either the, was either just after or just before. It's one of them. I know that. Um, but yeah, Dance Monkey. One point eight billion views. That's, that's incredibly depressing. I mean, that's that's you know that's the world we live in now, isn't it? One point yeah, eight billion is. views for that. But shout out for them for, <laughs> for being that. number one at the end of 2019. So when the Rise of Skywalker came out. So, oh, uh, I like that mate, game, mate. That was quality. I don't, I don't think you did too bad, mate. Certainly, took the further on we got, you got Bieber. You weren't far off of Lad Baby, to be fair, mate. That was right. That was in that era. And Ed Sheeran, you know, Ed Sheeran. I don't think it was a bad effort, mate. I think you deserve a so, pat on the back. Well done, guys. Zero out of, out of nine. You got half because you got Bieber. I'll have that. I'll give you a full point that. because that's tough. One, one, one. Just getting have, one was good enough. I'll have one point. I'll have one point and a wink for the lad baby sausage roll one. That's it. I would have got none of them. I don't, I don't think I've got any of them. Oh, there we go. There, there we, we go, go Another mate. week, mate. Another week. And this really has been a pop culture episode. So mate. I hope you've enjoyed this 45-year anniversary special and happy anniversary to Star Wars. Yep. May 1977. Blowing kisses your way. Pop culture extravaganza this week leading up to next week. And it's all Kenobi, baby. However, we're going to bid you farewell for this week. It's episode 162, but the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can search for us on social media. Just search uh, Star Wars Sessions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, (laughs) TikTok, and we'll be there. We will be there. Drop us a voice note. We love voice notes or a message to our email. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. And don't forget about our Patreon, guys. Patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions and i'm just going to do a little plug a little shout out to our discord server it's fantastic it's a beautiful little community it's going to kick into overdrive when kenobi drops i know it so if you want to join in in the lovely friendly community we got with it's that's completely free over at discord just send us a dm or an email we'll send you a link and you can join us over there Yes, I second that. It's a fabulous community we've got over there. And like Gloogie Boy said, it's free. And if you want to continue to support our show for free, you can do so by leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, which does now include Spotify, as we say each week. Thank you to everyone who has given us those big five on Spotify. Uh, those five stars really do help the show grow. It bumps up, up bumps us up that algorithm, gets new listeners in. Plus, it's another avenue for us to hear from more of you guys each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell lad baby, or tell anyone from the West Midlands. Throw a sausage roll at their face. Tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. <laughs> the more, the merrier. Their castle spicy. Ah. Yes, tell the dance monkey. 
1.8 billion no. views later that this is the podcast that you're looking for but until then from me see ya and from Luke may the force be with you always yeah bad lady what Rossage souls what <laughs> <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes... And the prestige of being able to say you've seen Star Wars is something akin to royalty, really. What?